morning. This week we have the story of Abraham and God's covenant with Abraham. The law and the gospel here is quite evident. Abraham, in his sinfulness, often fails, often doubts God, but God keeps his promise and his covenant. God takes Abraham out of a sinful land and makes him his chosen people, his chosen person through whom his chosen people will come. The world is full of people again after the flood. Men had multiplied, and obviously not as many as we have today, but quite a lot of people around at the time of Abraham. So the world is full of people again, but Scripture really only cares about one thing from here on out, and that's Abraham and his descendants. God had chosen them to be the bearers of the covenant. God had given Adam and Eve his promise to send a Savior. And now this is through whom God is going to bring that about. We see God working in the world again to start the building, which is going to lead to that one thing that matters, the bringing of Christ. God chose Abraham not because of him or not because he was such a righteous or good person, but in his grace and his mercy, God chose him. The key verse uh, to the story of Abraham is Genesis 15, 6. Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. This verse is quoted more often than any other Old Testament verse in the New Testament. And the New Testament is quoted more than any other Old Testament verse, if that wasn't clear the first time. It's the heart and the soul of the gospel, right? That we are saved not by our works, but because Jesus died for us and that gift of what Jesus did becomes ours through faith. What God wants from his people is that we believe his promise. Through Jesus Christ, he offers us the forgiveness of sins. That offer is given to the whole world. And whoever receives it, whoever believes it, receives the blessing, the forgiveness of sins, and eternal life. Before the flood, that promise was almost lost. No one in his family alone believed God. Everyone else had turned away from him and became wicked. And God destroyed their wickedness, partially because they had grown so wicked, but also partially in order to preserve that promise, to preserve Noah and his descendants, from the wickedness of the earth and to preserve that promise through them. And here we have God acting again to preserve that promise, calling Abraham out of the land of Ur, which is later going to be called Babylon, is now called the land of Iraq, uh, right? God calling him out of that, out of the sinfulness of the that land in which he lived, uh, to a new land where God is going to establish his covenant with Abraham and with his descendants. God gives the promise to Abraham, but of course the promise is meant for the whole world. It is Abraham and his descendants who are going to be the earthly guardians of that covenant, that promise. Uh, of course, it's God ultimately that's going to, to guard it. And no uh, humans, uh, no matter how how faithful, would would live up to, the, to keeping God's covenant. But uh, it's God who's going to protect and keep his covenant but the earthly guardians the earthly keepers of that promise is going to be abraham and his descendants yet the promise is not meant for abraham and his descendants alone but for the whole world 
That's the mistake that uh, many of the Israelites made at the time of Jesus, thinking that the promise was theirs. The promise was never theirs alone. It was simply they were the ones who were to guard and keep it for the sake of the whole world. And through them, the Messiah would come. So God chooses Abraham to give to him the covenant, the promise of the Savior, and then also through him his descendants. In Genesis chapter 12, God appears to Abram, his name is not Abraham yet, but Abram, and says, Get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So notice uh, the multiple blessings that God gives to Abraham. First, that, that I will make of you a great nation. Uh, second, that uh, whatever Abraham does, God will bless it so that it will prosper. And because everything Abraham does will prosper, he will receive a great name. Not only that, but he himself will be a blessing to others. Uh, God himself will bless those who are on Abram's side, those who help him. Uh, God will be on their side. And cur I will curse him who curses you. Whoever is against Abram and his descendants, God is against them because this is his chosen family. And all that's great. All that's really wonderful. But the most important thing is that last thing. In you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And that, of course, is a reference to Jesus. Through Abram's descendants would come the one through whom God would give his grace and blessing to all people on earth, not just to Abraham. So you certainly could take time to have the children write out on the whiteboard or whatever uh, each of the blessings that God promises and, and talk about those in detail, uh, but definitely focus on that last one. You could also you know, begin the class by talking about, okay, chosen ones, uh, lots of stories, lots of fantasy stories about uh, this kid or that person being chosen. Uh, you know, the students are probably familiar with Harry Potter, and Harry Potter is, uh, is the chosen one to, to save the wizarding world, right? Or uh, maybe Star Wars, you have uh, Luke, who's, who's the chosen one. So there's lots of stories about chosen ones, fantasy stories about chosen ones. And you could ask the kids, well, what, what do the chosen ones have to do? And usually they have to learn how to fight and gather an army, strike a blow against the evil, etc., etc. What is it that uh, God asks of Abraham? Only one thing, that he believes and trusts the promise. And so the life of Abraham is one in which God is teaching Abraham to trust in his promise, to trust the promise that God gave him. God, again and again, there's a cycle in Abraham's life. God comes to Abraham and gives him the promise. Abraham believes the promise, but he also doubts, and his doubts grow over time. And uh, he sometimes he even fails. He never completely doubts God's promise, but he does sometimes uh, fail to trust God. And God comes and reminds him of the promise. And in that reminder, God, Abraham's faith is strengthened once again. Uh, Abraham believes, but his faith weakens over time. God renews that faith uh, with his promise. By this process, God makes Abraham's faith stronger and stronger and stronger until Abraham's faith is so great. And we don't get... To that in this lesson, but that will be coming up. Uh, Abraham's faith becomes so great that he's able even to sacrifice his own son Isaac at the command of God. 
With faith as small as a mustard seed, God, Jesus says, you can move mountains. Uh, Abraham is able to do the impossible, the unthinkable, to offer, to sacrifice his own son at God's command because Abraham had come to trust God's promise so much that the, we knew, the, old, the New Testament tells us that Abraham did it knowing full well that Isaac would not remain dead. Uh, he, he was willing to sacrifice his son because he knew God would bring him back from the dead. That's how great his faith had become. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Paul says. That doesn't mean that I, I can play basketball, but it means whatever task God has given to me, I can be confident that I can accomplish it. If God tells me to do this or if God tells me to that and it seems like that's not possible, how could I possibly do that? Well, I can have confidence in God's promise, God's strength to aid me, to, to help me, to give me the strength to do the things that he has promised to do. That's what we see in the life of Abraham, one who learned how to trust God, and because he trusted God's promise, he was able to do something quite incredible. The process by which God builds up Abraham's faith is a process of testing, right? God tests Abraham's faith over and over again. And sometimes Abraham fails that test. Uh, when he's down in Egypt, uh, he fails to trust God. And he tells the, the king of Egypt that Sarah is only his sister instead of telling the truth that uh, Sarah is his wife. He does that because he's afraid. Uh, he fails to trust God to keep him and Sarah safe. Yet even when he fails, God comes to him and forgives his failure, his sin, and uses that failure to strengthen Abram's faith once again, to pick him up and to strengthen him again. And there's a big difference, of course, between testing and temptation. Satan tempts us, God tests us. And there's a huge difference between that because uh, Satan is trying to get us to sin. He wants us to sin. God doesn't want us to sin. He doesn't want us to fail. Uh, he tests us only as much as we are able to handle, only what he knows that we can do. So in order to strengthen us, in order to make us stronger in him, Satan's purpose is the opposite. So sometimes testing and tempting can be similar. Uh, sometimes God and Satan can even use the same outward means uh, to test us or to tempt us. But their purpose and their goal is very different. And whereas Satan is trying to pull us down, God always gives us the strength and afterwards always picks us up again, even if we've failed. We see this uh, over and over again in the, the readings uh, that, that uh, you have for the Sunday School lesson on Sunday. Uh, many times God coming to Abraham and repeating that covenant, repeating that covenant. And so here we have at the beginning this test Come out from your land. I'm not even going to tell you what land I'm calling you to. You're just going to have to trust me that I'm going to bring you to a good land. And Abraham hears God's word and does trust him. And God fulfills his promise. So every time that God fulfills that promise, that helps to strengthen Abraham's faith, right? And every time we see God fulfilling a promise, that helps to strengthen our faith as well. At least it should. We say God promised to bring Abraham out of the land of Ur into a good land. God did what he promised. Abraham trusted God and journeyed to the far distant land. God fulfilled his promise. Then uh, God promises to, to send him a son, and it takes many, many years. God initially calls Abram when he's 75 years old, but he won't have the son that God promised Isaac until he's 100. So it takes 25 years, but eventually God does do what he says. He does send Isaac, and that is 
that strengthen Abraham's faith and it strengthens our faith too. When we're reading scripture or even in our own lives, when we see God fulfilling promises in our lives, we should pay attention to see that as well. Uh, that works to strengthen our faith. Oh, God did what he promised to do. I can trust him to do what he promises in the future. Uh, God strengthened Abraham's faith other ways as well. We have the, the covenant uh, inscribed in skin, right? The, the rite of circumcision. And uh, that was a, a sign God gave uh, to Abraham and his descendants to know a sign that to know that they were God's chosen people that a sign as a reminder of God's covenant. We saw that with the story of Noah as well. God didn't just give his promise to Noah, but he gave them a sign, an outward physical sign that they could look out as a reminder of that promise. The rainbow, we have that in the sky. The children of Israel had circumcision. We also have baptism in the Lord's Supper, that, that physical sign of God's love, God's commitment, God's promise to, to remind us of it every, every time that we fail. Uh, and so Abraham, when, at God's command, went out and immediately that same day circumcised himself, his son Ishmael, and all uh, the males who served him, uh, everyone who was a part of his household, including his servants. That would have been a rather painful thing to do, but Abraham didn't delay at the word of God. He grabbed hold of that promise and that, that sign of the covenant that God had, God had given to him. And so the the circumcision becomes very important in the life of Abraham's descendants as a reminder and as a sign of that, that covenant. It's not circumcision that saved them. It's the promise of Jesus. It's faith in Jesus. But the circumcision is a constant re reminder of that. And then we also have, of course, the story of Ishmael, where Abraham decided he was going to have to take matters into his own hands. Uh, God doesn't seem to be fulfilling his promise to send a son. Well, I, I'll have a son by Hagar instead of by Sarah. Uh, God needs a little help in fulfilling his promises. And how often don't we feel the same way as though, well, you know, uh, God's not going to fulfill his promise here. I need to step in and, and take care of things. Uh, I need to do this or that other thing before God fulfills his promise. Well, there's one of examples, one example of how Abraham, Abraham's faith was weak. He, I, I don't think he lost his faith in God's promise, but it was weak, uh, thinking he had to do it himself. And God makes it very clear, no, it's not Ishmael. It's somebody who's going to come from Sarah. Abraham and Sarah together, through them, the promise is, is going to come. And, uh, you know, having Ishmael... And, but, caused lots of problems with Isaac even while Ishmael and Isaac were alive and later on their descendants are still fighting to this day so it caused lots of problems but nevertheless what does God say to Abraham that even Ishmael will be blessed for Abraham's sake God is going to bless even Ishmael he's not the one through whom the promise is going to come uh, but he will bless him and make him a great nation in chapter 15, verse 1, the Lord comes to Abraham and notice that this time, the first thing he says is, do not be afraid, Abraham. Why does he say do not be afraid? What was Abraham afraid of? Well, as we said, Abraham's faith was not always as strong as it should have been. He had doubts as well, too. Uh, and here he is doubting God's fulfillment. Maybe Abraham is thinking of his own sin. Some of the times he's messed up and worried that, well, maybe God is, is angry with me and he's going to choose another. Uh, or maybe uh, Abraham is afraid that, 
God has forgotten about him or that, that God really isn't going to fulfill his promise for some other reason. Uh, but God comes and, and reassures him, you do, you do not need to be afraid. We don't need to be afraid of the Lord even when we've sinned, but we know that the Lord's grace and mercy is with us anyway. We can go to him anyway. And this, this is where God takes Abram outside and says, look at the stars. So here we have another physical concrete thing that Abraham can look at. Your children are going to be as great as those stars. And Abraham, we don't see the stars as much anymore with all of our light pollution and, and staying inside in our houses uh, most nights. You don't really go out as much. We don't really see the stars as much. But uh, Abraham, without any of that going on in his life, probably would have seen uh, the vastness of the stars that have. And every night, every night he would have been out of his tent probably looking at those stars. And every time he saw them, a reminder of God's promise and what God was going to do. And then that's where you get 15 verse 6. He believed in the Lord and the Lord accounted it to him for righteous. Abraham was not righteous in and of himself. He, was, he did not have the righteousness that he needed to get to heaven. We don't have the righteousness that we need to get to heaven. But God accounted his faith. He, because of his faith, he credited that righteousness to his account anyway. Through that faith, he, Abraham, received the righteousness which is by, which is by faith in Christ Jesus. And through that faith, uh, we receive the same. How does God work in our life like he did in Abraham's? Uh, God sometimes tests our faith. Sometimes uh, things happen that make us worried or scared, that make us think that God isn't taking care of us, isn't watching over us. And God calls on us in such times to, to remember his promises. And he brings us through difficulties a lot of times in order to strengthen our faith. So God sometimes less, lets things happen, some things that we would call negative, some things that we might call bad, uh, in order to strengthen our faith so that we might learn to trust him. But even when he isn't strengthening our faith, even when he isn't testing our faith like that, he's always again and again reminding us of his promises. And so you can ask the children to think about how many times in a week, how many times in a month, how many times in a year God reminds them of his promises to them. Uh, every time they come to church, every time we have devotion at school, every time they come to Sunday school, every time they hopefully have devotion, devotion at home, God is reminding them us of his promises and strengthening our faith through it. Abraham is the father of all those who believe. Remember what Jesus told the Jews that, uh, or sorry, John the Baptist told the Israelites that God is able to raise children of Abraham even from these stones because those who are born from the line of Abraham, that's not what makes them Abraham's sons, but those who like Abraham learn to trust God. Faith is a gift from God, and it's a gift that he himself strengthens in us throughout our lives with that constant reminder of his promises and his salvation, which he has given to us in Christ Jesus. Abraham is our father. Now, this would be a good Sunday to sing uh, Father Abraham with the kids, especially the little kids love singing that song, uh, the one where you raise your hand and you hop on one foot and then the other and then and then fall down but as a reminder that we also have received the promise received the covenant the same covenant that abraham not the part about ne necessarily we might not necessarily have many children who become a great nation but the important part uh, the promise of a savior who would save us from our sins and through faith we are counted righteous like abraham lord's blessings on your sunday school lesson